Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nullcast. We're always excited to do the Nullcast. We're always fortunate to be able to do this for however long it's been now. But when it's a Miami preview, it's all the better. And this one uh, means a lot. Got a lot of it, uh, real athletes. I don't know, not real athletes, but high, high-level high athletes on both teams. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I know you're excited to jump into this. It's great to hear and excited, Bud Elliott. Uh, to start a Thursday morning, and uh, this should be a fun podcast. So we'll go ahead and thank our friends at Prize Picks. Bud's stealing money. Uh, get them now while you can, or they either cancel our contract or just kill Bud. Uh, something's going to happen here at some point in time. But uh, let's jump into it, man. Should be a great one. Let's do this thing. Uh, before we get to the Prize Picks, I, I do want to get something that, quite honestly, I, I really didn't think I would ever say on this show. Uh, especially not when we were doing it, you know, 11, 12, 13 years ago. And and that's congrats to Ethan Fisher for committing to kick at Sanford University. Yeah. If you're a if you're a new Florida State fan, you know, like maybe you're a student there now, you know, Ethan's the son of former coach Jimbo Fisher, who was diagnosed with Fanconi anemia in 2012. Had to be about a decade now, right? Yeah, it was either 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not something that, you know, at, at the time uh, was projected to have a, you know, a long lifespan. And man, like it, that is, I saw that. And I was like, that is great, dude. Look, look, yeah. look at that. Wow. Yeah. Ethan's yeah. yeah. continued to progress, uh, plays locally here at the, uh, I believe he's at NFC. G- good kicker. I think we actually mentioned four or five years ago that he might, have a chance to kick in college and uh, that's just great news great to see him attain that and uh, one of the more sombering and um, emotional press conferences that uh, that's out there is the one where Jimbo and Candy decided to talk about uh, Fanconi anemia and and Jimbo is uh, you know done (laughs) done one or two things wrong professionally uh over his career but you got to admire what the guy did for fancomia and nemia the awareness that they raised and the money that they raised they they really the the university of minnesota center was already up and running i'm not trying to attribute that to them but they raised an incredible amount of awareness an incredible amount of money um so great great story there and you're uh, you're very right and it's appropriate for us to note that off the top some prize picks now i don't know how we transition to that but like that's a happy moment not a sad one um if you're playing tonight, now they don't have the Florida State stuff up yet. Come on, prize picks. I, I, we do seem to move lives on this show. We've had a lot of people complain, like, "Hey, uh, I listen to the pod. I don't watch you guys live, and then the, these things, you know, these these move. They, they do move. I mean, it, it, we, we do some numbers on this show. So if everybody's hitting them live at the same time, uh, the options for tonight are a little limited. I I do tend to think that Louisville's going to have a nice game against Virginia. It's a Jeff Brom offense. They haven't scored, you know, a ton the last two weeks. Uh, 205 passing yards for Jack Plummer seems pretty doable uh, against a a Virginia football team there. Uh, let me see. Joe Milton's an interesting one if you want to go uh, with some overs there. I, I could potentially see that. I actually don't hate Dylan Gabriel this weekend. Um, there's a chance West Virginia's defense is a scam, right? Mm-hmm. 
Plumlee got banged up against West Virginia. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember their schedule. Texas Tech, their quarterback didn't play, so they got the backup. They got Pitt's hurt quarterback. They got BYU's backup last week. Like, there's some chance that West Virginia's defense is just materially not as good as uh, as its numbers show. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Garrett says, it's almost like they wait until after the podcast to put the FSU numbers up. Well, that's why you got to follow us on social media. Uh, that is Twitter and also Instagram. If we can figure out what the login is in, in, to Instagram, uh, we will <laughs> maybe put it on there. But on, on the Nolcast Twitter, man. All right. Prize picks. Promo code Nolcast. First time depositors get that 100%. Deposit match bonus up to $100. And honestly, like, I jam a lot of cards in there. I, I find it would be really, really fun to play prize picks and to, to follow along with all these games. And uh, even some of the boring games stay more interesting when uh, when, when you have have a little something on them. So. They do. They do. Uh, you might find yourself watching random games late at night with a passion and fury that you didn't know you had for west Coast i mean that run you went on last year uh yeah. late in the year what was it was like pack 12 gram man just friday night fun time absolutely i'd go ahead and bank a win going into the weekend just because of how friday night turned out so no i mean the, the best experience i had outside of florida state last year is i went back to uh, hampton city for homecoming and i remember distinctively remember standing in front of my old fraternity house having uh you know having a drink or four and looking down at my phone forgetting I hadn't checked on prize picks all day I looked down and it was my single biggest winning and that's a great feeling that's a great that damn feeling true. so prize picks all right prize picks to uh to one of the prize rivalries uh, of college football and certainly something that resonates more with this uh fan base and, and supporters group and, and and the coaches um they, I mean, like, I don't want to say they approach Miami week. They're totally different because they're consistent in their approach and they're methodical in how they do that. But trust me, this, this, uh, staff program, support staff, everything understands the importance of Miami. And, uh, it's, it's a different week over there. They, they lock it down pretty good. Everybody's focusing on the canes and I'm excited as to what Saturday looks like. Totally. It, this, this one has juice, man. I, I I'm excited to, to watch this, I'm, I'm excited to, to be at this ball game and enjoy this ball game. Like it's, it's one of your two big rivalries. I guess we count Clemson as a rival now because they're in the league and you know you played them a bunch of times. But like to me, there's it's still kind of it's kind of two and a half rivals that you have that you really care about. You know this one and Florida, and depending on when you went to Florida State or when you really grew up as an FSU fan, you kind of tend to hate one of these two teams more, right? And it's probably related to when you were there. Mm -hmm. if, if, if you went if you went there in the real early 2000s, you probably hate Miami more. You know, if you're somebody who was there more like 06 to 10, you probably hate Florida more. You know, if you were there 97 to 2000, well, congrats. You just beat the hell out of everybody. And, and you know, a lot of my buddies, that that's them. Uh, this this is this is a fun game. I, like because they have real athletes, right? And I'm not saying that they're an awesome team. They're they're not. But it it's hard from like a power rating standpoint to take and, and tank this team anything worse than you know like what thirtieth at worst, you know because they they have athletes and just other teams don't. Doesn't mean they always play really well with those athletes. They have some nice wins this year. They also have some some kind of perplexing uh, losses. For sure. 
Dealer's choice. You want to go offense or defense first? Uh, let's start. I mean, let's start on the side of the ball that concerns me uh, the most, and, and that's when Florida State has the ball and you're uh, you're playing against Miami's defense. It's a damn good defense, man. It, it, I don't think it's like a top ten defense in the country, but all offseason we were pretty we were pretty high on the hire of Lance Gidry, the defensive yeah. coordinator for Marshall. Uh, a lot of guys in the industry who I respect. Uh, really think highly of coordinator Lance Gidry. And I was like, ah, Miami got one. I mean, uh, it seems like the guys, you know, turned it around. Uh, he would have been in a much bigger role earlier in his career had he not had the multiple DUI arrests, right? And those are long in the past, but like that's kind of how Miami got this guy. So yeah. like, there's a reason a dude this talented and this respected in the industry is coaching at Marshall, you know, last year still. Everybody knew he was a dude. Mario went and pulled the trigger and hired him. Um, it's a really complex blitz scheme, super high pressure outfit. It's they're, they're going to play downhill. They're going to bring pressure from all over. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a good pairing of complexity and athletes. And uh, the defensive line is not quite what it was two or three weeks ago. We've talked about this just yes. that it's gotten worn down. Miami's had to play literally to the last snap of almost every game it's played. Uh, there's no Nigel Lee Kelly. There's no, Mesador, uh, still some really good players and a, a freshman who looks like he's going to blossom into a real damn problem, but it isn't quite the assortment uh, that it was maybe a month ago. Yeah, I, I agreed. And and I wonder, like, I first of all, not having Kelly and Mesador on the field certainly matters a whole lot, uh, but it also means that you're having to play a guy like Bain a whole lot of snaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Baines played more snaps than Jared Burst has. Yeah, and there is a there is a freshman wall, and Baines is stud. I'm not trying to knock him. Really good, man. Dude, when you're 18, 19 years old, you you do hit, uh, you know, just a uh, – my body had never been through anything like this before, and uh, for the first time in my life, I'm, like, fatigued. Um, maybe it happens on Saturday. Maybe it happens two weeks from now. Maybe it never happens to Baines. But uh, they have asked an awful lot of a lot of these guys, and the number of snaps that Bain has taken is is significant. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty good D line. I mean, Harrison Hunt is is a solid player. Leonard Taylor really flashes at times, and at times he disappears. I, I would expect this is probably a good game from him, right? Like it, it's, I don't really believe in bulletin board material in a game like this. I think that's nonsense. Everybody is like your meters are maxed out. You're 110 percent go, you mm -hmm. know. So. I assume Leonard Taylor will, will will play really juiced up and will play well. I think Branson Dean, their defensive lineman they got from Purdue, is decent. But yeah, I mean to your point, your Bain is is awesome, and he's essentially uh, you remember Cornelius Ingram who played for South Carolina and then he played for uh, or not Cornelius Ingram, uh, Melvin Ingram played for South Melvin Carolina Ingram. and then he was a freaking beast on the Los Angeles Chargers for like a decade. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of him. Like, sawed off, but twitchy as hell, powerful, uses his hands really well, has more moves than you would think a freshman has, uh, and, and really high-effort guy, too. This is a nice nice test for Jeremiah Byers, right? You think you're going to go play in the NFL? Got to be able to block a, 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 an 18-year-old, but a phenom 18-year-old, mm -hmm. right? I, I kind of like Byers' bulk here, honestly. If the footwork is such that he can maintain his balance, you know, I... I that's not the worst guy to have on Bain. Maybe this will get clipped and, and well, actually, but uh, 
you know, yeah, I, we don't need some of this, some of the speed rush stuff bothers me against buyers a little more than some of the power stuff, a little bit. Assuming that 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 he keeps his feet, like you know, and and just has has a base and some balance. Um. Yeah, to your point. I mean, two overtime games. When's the last rocking chair game Miami had? Uh, was it week Temple? three or whatever? I mean, it was one of the it's the last. I'll pull it up now, but yeah. It had to be Temple, probably Temple, because they played that Friday night game at Temple, and Temple had all those guys hurt. <laughs> the old Friday night game at Temple. That's when you know you're uh, you're on top of the college football world, definitely. Uh, yeah. Um. So, this is a good defense. They they do bring a lot of pressure. They also can get pressure with four. Uh. I think you want them to blitz, honestly. You know, like you want to be able to stop their their pressure with four, and um, and make them blitz. Because there are some limitations to the defense too. Yeah. At linebacker, they are no doubt upgraded. Uh, Maui Noah, who came from Washington State, was one of Washington State's better players. He's a he's a nice guy to get out of the portal at linebacker. I mean, you know, one of the better uh, linebackers in the ACC. Uh, you know, Basaint is coming along for them. A little bit. They they played a couple other guys alongside him as well, um, but those guys do have some limitations, uh, particularly in coverage. I think Ma Maui Noah is a guy who, let's just say he he's not Barrett Carter. You know, Barrett Carter for Clemson when Clemson was heavy blitz against you. Uh, I mean, they really they relied on Carter to carry verticals repeatedly against your tight ends. And your backs, and he did so extremely well. And Carter probably made himself a lot of money for Clemson. I, I don't really think that Maui Noah has that same ability. He's probably closer style, not talent, to, to like a, a Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah. Um, to reiterate what you were saying, and kind of to go into the point that I'd be interested in making and hear your feedback on. Uh, week two and three were rocking chair games. They had Bethune, then they had Temple in week three. They then had an overtime game against Georgia Tech. 10-point uh, loss against UNC, an overtime game against Clemson, uh, an overtime game against Virginia, and a loss last weekend that more or less went down to the final play because Van Dyke threw an interception. Um, Florida State's not like a massive tempo team, but does that even factor in more with the fact that you might want to sprinkle in some tempo here because of what we're talking about, because the team – that's had the the tread that's already been taken off its tire so far through the first nine or 10 weeks. One million percent I want to run tempo in this game. And this is not me giving away state secrets, right? This is just sort of common sense for two reasons. One, exactly to the point you just brought up. Miami has played a ton of snaps, you know, and you don't want them to be able to sub. In some positions, they don't have a whole lot of guys to sub in who, who don't have a drop off. But I think you want to keep them on the field. Number two, and this goes back to a conversation I had. When was Lamar at Louisville? Um, it was 2014 or 15. Well, I mean, 15 is when Florida State took the whipping. So, yeah, was that the year that they lost to Houston? 15 in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Maybe it was the year after. Maybe it was the year after the Peach Bowl one. Because no, no, not not FSU losing to Houston. Louisville, they went down to Houston on like a Friday night and lost. Oh yeah, uh, I don't recall. 
So I, I had talked to uh, a coach on the Louisville or on the Houston staff facing facing Lamar, right? And I was like, you know, I I really liked how you guys tempoed and then you know got to the line and and you know you you, you wasted a lot of time at the line, but you guys you guys went tempo uh, a lot. And he's like, yeah, the main reason we did that is because Grantham at Louisville he has all these complex blitz calls and we wanted to we wanted to force Louisville's defense to keep it simple mm-hmm. with tempo so if we went tempo and we got up to the line quickly we felt that that Louisville had a hard time getting in some of their some of their different stuff they had to go to more of their base checks like Miami's got a lot of different blitzes man they 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 throw a lot of different stuff at you i'm i'm pretty impressed with how much scheme uh, they're able to run you know i think that's a credit to their defensive coaching staff. And, and they do seem to play pretty hard and get good buy-in for the most part. Uh, they've been a good tackling team at times this year, and at times not. So I do think tempo makes a lot of sense, right? Um, totally agree with you on that. I, we need to talk about their secondary a little bit. So Kim Kitches and Williams have had some major highlight moments and also at times some lowlights, right? James Williams last week, his tackle attempt uh, – was uh, not very good, and it, it allowed NC State to have an explosive play because instead of wrapping up, he just tried to to nuke a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenshin's has a lot of interceptions, and, and I think he's a pretty good player, actually, despite Twitter dunking on him. But North Carolina did roast him, and that is sort of the one legitimate passing attack that uh, that Miami has faced. I think that you can get their safeties and backers in coverage a little bit in a way that you couldn't against Clemson. But FSU's been working some of this stuff. Toa Feely, Rodney Hill. You know, obviously, Destin, you wish he was a little healthier. But, you know, Jaheim, Morlock. I, I think you make those guys cover in space. I, I would tempo and I would spread Miami out, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another thing with spread them out, even if it doesn't spread out doesn't mean run five wide, because I don't think you have five wides you want to run with right now due to health. If I had to guess, I'm expecting two out there. Yeah. 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 But like you can run really like empty, empty stuff with Morlock and Bell, right? And maybe, maybe you motion a back out. Go a lot of teams like to blitz empty, and blitzing empty looks can be effective. But if you go empty, it does make the opponent declare. Right, it's harder to blitz from width. Obviously, Miami will blitz from depth too. Like they'll send the safeties and stuff, but it's hard mm-hmm. at sometimes to blitz from width if you got a really good guy. The Patriots did a lot of this back in the day with, with Brady. You know, they just said, "Okay, you played a lot of ball, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna get the ball out before they can get there because they're having to blitz from further away." It's yeah. in some ways why it's tough to blitz Tennessee because they 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 widen the field so much with those looks. I think Keon and Johnny go, if I had to guess, right? I mean, I'd be a little surprised if they didn't. This is a game I think FSU's had circled. Um, you know, load management, all that kind of stuff. Not that they haven't been dinged. I mean, I think clearly they have. Would it surprise you they don't go? Yeah, it would. I, I think they're going to play. I do. Uh, we'll see We'll see what transpires. I think you get yeah. most everybody for this weekend, both because – a lot of guys sat last week, and because it's Miami, and this is legitimately one of the few games that everybody's got, you know, circles. And even a guy like Keon, even a, a high, you know, uh, 
percentage of, of portal guys. Uh, if people wanted to use that against you, trust me, dude. Just from interacting with these players, one of the games that has everybody's attention from the first day of fall camp, everybody that's got a chance to go is going to go. Um, would, would we agree that this is the least liked staff by FSU staff? On their oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know all the yeah. dynamics, but it's <laughs> it would uh, it would appear to potentially be the case. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who would be number two. Um, Miami's corners have been surprisingly better than I thought they would be, uh, and I was a little surprised who they ended up relying on this year. Now, I, this is something to watch here, guys. This is fairly important to me. Daryl Porter. The kid they got from West Virginia, he went down against NC State, and he couldn't put any weight on his leg and did not return to the game. Yeah, Jaden Davis uh, also went out pretty early in the game and did not return. Now, Mario said uh, that both these guys are fine, but he also said that Van Dyke was fine the week that they played Emory Williams against, uh, against Clemson. And Mike Norvell said that Jordan Travis had a grass stain. I mean, these guys aren't, but 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 I know what you're saying. The Miami staff is particularly uh, they don't put out a depth chart at all. They, they don't they don't say much, and they uh, they don't give you much information at all. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Miami's defensive backs look like. Um, I'll be I'll be as focused on what Miami looks like in warmups as I will be Florida State. I'll put it that way. 100%. Um, look, I I think you prepare for Porter to play. If he doesn't, you find the duck. It, it's it's long gun season, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it know, is long so, gun season. I'm interested. Something you mentioned a second ago. They blitz from wide, but they do blitz from deep. You watch them. They bling the safeties. They did. They had a lot of good amount of success against UNC uh, doing that. I think this is a game where – Kyle Morlock or Jaheim Bell could catch one for eight and take it for 45 if you find them in the right look. There, there are there are things that they do that if you hit in the middle of the field, uh, you've got a chance to hit real big. So we'll we'll see what that looks like. Totally. Like success for Miami defensively is going to look like them winning against your offensive line, which is certainly within the realm of possibility. Like we can't dismiss this. This is not a bad offensive line for FSU. It's just certainly not a dominant or amazing unit. And Miami's defensive line is good. Uh, you have to prepare for this to be a four-quarter fight, and, and you can't be you can't be panicking out there. Uh, I think cho- like the, your choices early makes – I'm interested in this. Teams basically don't even try to run it on Miami on early downs. Like, it's been a really good run defense. Nobody's really running on them successfully. Now, late in games, they have a little bit. But especially on early downs, the teams that have had success against Miami – are the teams that are throwing on first down. Miami is pretty good when they can get you into third and long, with the exception that they're like they have had some colossal busts on third and long this year. Like on average, they get off the field pretty well. When they don't, it's like, oh my God, that's one for 70. That's a shot for 65 type thing. Like their their explosive rate allowed on third and long is concerning, but also probably not sustainable in a bad way. Like in terms of you can't really count on hitting explosives on them on third on third and long, but we are ten weeks into the season or nine or whatever we are now. Like there is something there that maybe some of their third like some of their blitz stuff if they don't get home, it's it's trouble. I think also like Miami's going to play super jacked up for this. 
Jordan scrambling here could be big, right? I mean, this is one of those games where I think it's, hey, you see the lane, you know Miami's in man coverage, you go. And you, you go, you get down, take it. Because mm-hmm. like they play so aggressive, and you got to think they're going to be really jacked up for this. What what does their pass rush lane integrity look like? Right? If the hole opens up, you got to go. No. Um, let me see. I have a note here. Strikeouts and homers are fine. Double plays are not. Right? You know, it's it's shot plays, right? I mean, we're 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 taking shot plays. We're gonna have some three and outs. We're 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 gonna have some home runs. What you don't want is when the ground and the double play, the turnovers. You know, that's I think that's where having Jordan, and I know his his turnover numbers don't necessarily match his turnover worthy play numbers. Like he probably should have a couple more turnovers than he does, but it's not like he's been super crazy turnover prone. Like he's not been just getting away with a ton of bad play. You need to have a low turnover game. That's probably the only real way you lose this game is if you turn the ball over, uh, you know, like more than twice, right? So you need to be okay eating the ball. I don't think sacks are necessarily the worst thing in the world in this game. Understand, you're going to get the ball probably, what, 12 or 13 times, maybe 11. You need you need to probably have four or five of those drives in, in, in t- like, can you get four touchdowns? I think like I think I trust Mike in a game like that to go get you four touchdowns, mm-hmm. coaching wise, yeah. and and weapon wise. You know, you just you need those other drives to end in punts, not not short fields for this Miami offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Uh, I wasn't sure what your double play analogy was there. It's just that it was interesting, interesting. So strikeouts or punts, we don't we know what home runs are. Double plays or turnovers. Yeah. Okay, good enough. There you go. Uh, one place where you want no strikeouts is when you go through the home buying process. And uh, we certainly can't guarantee anything, but we can with absolute confidence uh, promise you that Shannon will be there or be part of no such strikeout. Uh, the best team that we ever could have partnered with, 844 FSU Loan, Chad and Shannon, two diehard Florida State fans. I know Chad is coming up, haven't spoken to Shannon have chat a reservation over at Charlie Park as well. So uh, synchronicity there. Uh, but no, uh, legendary home loans team, 844-FSU-LOAN, best people that we could partner with, best people that you could partner with. Uh, they're iconic in their own right. So Chad did mention a couple of things to me the other day. I, I think he's exactly right. Uh, first of all, like obviously, we, we know rates right now are at 23-year highs, but there are still some people who are absolutely buying homes right now. We actually just spoke to a realtor who's extremely happy that his clients were working with Chad and Shannon and said they did an awesome job. You know, and I was like, that's that's great to hear. I don't know if you saw his email there uh, the other day, um, but I, I think it's important that you work with a a mortgage professional who knows what they're doing, right? Who has a lot of experience in the industry and who's really going to give you that that personal service. I, I think they can really help you save money by by you know structuring your loan the right way and structuring your offer the right way. Also, something pretty cool here. And, and, I mean, we're not idiots. Our audience is really smart, obviously. They all have great jobs, and they all support our sponsors in a great way. More than 500 of them have supported you know, uh, the, uh, the legendary team. But this is pretty cool. No lender fee if you refinance within three years of the purchase loan. So if you're hesitant about doing it, 
they're offering a no lender fee refinance within three years, which is helpful potentially if rates drop uh, within the next three years. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Get, get the flexibility yeah. there. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have on Miami's defense. You know, I'm sure they've repped blitz pickup quite a bit. Shot plays are uh, are cool here. Probably not going to have a whole lot of like 12, 14 play drives. If you get one of those, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, home runs and punts are okay. Yeah. All right, switching our focus to Miami's offense. Um, Miami is very good at running the ball. They've done a really good job in the portal of grabbing offensive linemen, uh, interior offensive linemen in particular. Um, don't mean to be redundant and repetitive here, but I also wonder if there's not tread on the tire at this position as well that's been taken off from the way that you've had to play the game. And um, there are series and plays in the wake in excuse me in the nc state game where i think i might be starting to see the beginning of that but i also may be wanting to see things that uh that i you know we're all we're all biased in our own way uh it'll just be interesting to see what that looks like but this group has been very good uh it's also played a lot taken a lot of snaps and has an awful lot of experience so interesting looking offensive line i'll be uh i'll be really really focused on farmer fabo uh, great to see what number 55 looks like in this game. Uh, this is a great matchup. Good players on both sides of the ball. And I do wonder if Florida State's rotation and Florida State's relatively healthier uh, doesn't end up winning the day as this game goes on. I mean, hey, it's it's time to go like crazy dogs, dude. You know, and th 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 this is why this is why you've been rotating. You know, I mean, what in the last month, a lot of rotations been going on. A lot of complaining from the fan base about the rotation. They they want to kill teams more. I think this is one of the reasons why you do it. You know, because A, it, you do want to build quality depth. B, you want to keep your roster happy. And that's how you build a program, not just a team. Uh, you know, C, you, you do want to keep those guys fresh. I think that's really important here. You know, like you're going to need to have a good game from your defensive line against this offense. Miami is uh they're very much built in Mario's image, right? I mean, they they're they're and like they have a new new coordinator with Shannon Dawson. He came over off the Houston sort of air raid tree, but I mean they're they're running what Mario's gonna run, right? It's you get some split zone, you get you get a lot of duo. It, it they're they're a good offensive line. I, I think Mirabal's a hell of an offensive line coach, and he's got a lot to work with. So it's not surprising. Like that's a position that program really emphasizes, and they they do look pretty good. I agree with you though. I, I saw those plays. I know what you're talking about against NC State. It it, it is a true freshman right tackle. Now we know uh, on the road. The two games he's probably had the most struggles in are the two road games at North Carolina and at North Carolina State. It's not easy playing tackle as an 18 year old in a road environment. Sold out Doke is going to be pretty loud. You know, like that. If if you're Patrick Payton, it's a money game for you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's this year or next, like you get an 18-year-old. He's a damn good 18-year-old. But you probably get a step on him compared to if you're playing him down there because of the crowd noise. That that can really matter for you. Uh, 
I mean, this is a I, I think it's a big Fabo game too, man. I do. Like Fisk look, looks healthy. Fabo had some good snaps for you at Pitt. This is this is why this is why you keep him. You know, and 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 keep him kind of on ice at times, and it's like, all right, it's it's go time. You know, but Georgia did that with Jalen Carter last year quite a bit, actually. He was nursing something much of the year. Tennessee game come, guess what? He was ready. He was ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you you can't let singles turn into doubles, and by that I mean like Miami's going to run the ball at you a lot. I think these backs they got are really damn good backs, man. A couple of these guys will probably play in the league. They've done a nice job there. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. Mario's a good recruiter. You know that's the best yeah. thing he does by yeah. far. That and, and like they're they're going to try to pound you. That is baked into the equation when when your opposition hires Mario Cristobal. You know what you're going to get. You got to yeah. get a relentless recruiter who his style doesn't work with everybody, but it works with a lot, and you know he's going to get good kids. Oh. Most of the teams that have played him have done a pretty good job containing the run game. Like They'll get runs. Their rushing success rate is not bad, but they have not popped a lot of explosive runs. That, that needs to continue, right? Because playing in a road environment, uh, and we'll get to this pass game, but there's a, a pretty high probability that they screw some stuff up. False starts, occasional tackle for loss. Maybe, maybe they miscommunicate something, right? Or incomplete, drop pass. Corner fights fights through a block on a screen, and they get behind the chains. It's hard to drive 11, 12 plays. There's some weird stuff going on with their numbers, and I think I understand why. Uh, but... Teams are basically saying, okay, you're a good run game. Can you be consistent with it? Can you drive all the way? You know, I I, I don't I don't know. Uh Chad, check it in. Yes, sir. Let's go. Um can, can you consistently drive the field methodically? It's possible. Is it probable? No. And I think teams know that. Do you know that Miami is second in the nation in pressure rate allowed offensively? That speaks to two things. Number one, their offensive line is pretty good. Number two, teams are not blitzing them at all. Mm-hmm. They are saying, "Hey, yeah, I was I didn't want to be a smartass, but I was going to say when you drop eight, it's uh, it's hard to get a lot of pressure." And Van Dyke so far this year has been a kind of like, "Yeah, just drop eight and see what happens. Uh, he'll throw it to you eventually." To use your your baseball reference, he'll uh, he'll hit into a double play. Uh, mm-hmm. or at least he has an awful lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So uh, related to that, Miami is dead last in the country in one category, which I think is interesting. Scramble rate. Mm. <laughs> they are 133rd in quarterback scramble rate. Van Dyke doesn't take off and go. And opponents increasingly know that. They don't care. I think there is a bit of a discussion to be had about who they're going to play at quarterback. And you know, I was listening to David Lake and Gabby um, on, on Through the Smoke. I think they do a great job with, with their show, 24-7 Sports Network. And uh, they had a legitimate debate, a three-quarterback debate over who was going to play QB. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've heard that before like which of these three quarter and they made like a case for and against each one Tyler Van Dyke who clearly is injured I mean he not that that has stopped Miami from playing him before 
including uh, also last year. But he's got what the the knee. He's Miami Herald reported they saw him uh, with uh, you know with, with the big wrap before the Clemson game. Uh, he's got the, like the hand or finger or whatever that is, and w- which I think is still lingering from from fall camp. And then I guess also potentially the back. Emory Williams, the freshman who played just down the road from you in Tallahassee, nice prospect. I mean, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good get for Miami, but they played him against Clemson. They beat Clemson with him playing quarterback. They did not beat Clemson because of him. They didn't lose because of him, but I mean, almost all of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. I think he had two that were over 10 yards in the air. One was a 15-yard completion on third and 18, so that's not a success, right? Short of the sticks. The other was a jump ball. Can you really roll out an 18-year-old kid who you didn't play spring ball with? I I don't know, man. Uh, The third option is Ja'Kerry Brown, who, look, uh, I've never been super high on him. I don't think he's progressed as a passer to a standpoint where you want to play him. Maybe you go, like, Maybe you, he's a really good runner, by the way. So, very good runner, very talented. Is this nuts, by the way. We're talking about like one of three quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw the story yesterday that was floating around social media about Jacory was warming up and he missed the net and hit a kid in the face in the background or whatever. I, I mean, I think that's an actual like legitimate uh, anecdote as to something that happened, but kind of sounded like a a, a troll account as well. Um, a guy who who suffers with, with the accuracy uh, aspect of throwing the football, definitely. And um, I don't know. None of these guys. I don't mean to just dismiss it, but I, and I'm not trying to sound you know overly confident or whatever else. But none of these three. And yes, it is strange to talk about three, but none of these three. I I just you know I don't like doing this, but. Damn it, bud! You've you put it in my head. Maybe I get well actually here. Whatever. It's a it's a podcast. You give your opinion. Uh, if Florida State loses this game on Saturday night, I would be shocked if in the instant reaction podcast the quarterback has much to do with it at all. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, if I'm Miami, I'm probably going to play Van Dyke. Again, despite the fact that like you can watch the TV copy and the reactions to some of these throws from some of the teammates are, are a little concerning. Like I'm not really sure they that Miami's teammates have a whole lot of faith in Van Dyke. Maybe we they are at kind of Chris Rick's Florida State type level of confidence in your teammate. Right yeah. Now. At at least he gets you into like, post snap. It, it's an adventure, ain't no doubt. But like pre snap, I think he probably gets you into the right checks. Mm-hmm. He also, from a throwing standpoint, it it's in there. It doesn't always come out, but it is in there that he like he can throw some high level throws. Norvell, mm-hmm. did you watch the Norvell presser we talked about? I went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was an interesting it. way of describing it. A, a little something there. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's been a first first round uh, uh, mock draft guy for a couple of years now, or whatever he said. That that's. Uh, I I think that they play Todd Van Dyke. Um, it's crazy to think that they go wildcat plus ish with Jacurry and just try to run the ball like nuts. Maybe, but I, I don't know, man. Like you haven't played this kid yet. Uh, I, I actually kind of like some of their personnel at receiver. I know this sounds crazy, but I think that they have better receivers than Clemson. 
I think they have better receivers than Wake. Duke's got a nice pair, but they, they – by the way, I think after last week we found out why Duke had to play Riley Leonard because mm-hmm. Beeling just can't throw. Like, they didn't yeah. even they didn't play Beeling against Wake. So, they, they played that third stringer. Um, I think George Young and Restrepo are a pretty nice receiver combo. They don't throw the ball to the tight end at all. They totally ignore him, and they don't throw the ball to the backs. It's basically run game, RPO with that to, to Restrepo outside balls to the receivers. It mm-hmm. worked against Texas A&M. You know, it, 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 it's worked at times this year, but like their signal caller, they have real issues with that right now. They also have issues against like teams are not playing a whole lot of man against them. They're basically sitting back playing zone, playing soft. Miami is countering, throwing a bunch of screens for the most part. They're not super effective because opponents seem to know that the screens are coming and they fight through some blocks. Um, I could see them having a couple good drives because a couple things they do, you don't necessarily do super well, right? Like they're going to make your your corners and your backers tackle. That's been an issue at times this year for FSU's defense. You're probably going to want to play a lot of man, and most teams have pl- decided to play more more zone against them. Uh, but also, like I think you got to do what you do. I wouldn't totally change my game plan. To get out of my own comfort zone, yeah. You know, Fuller's yeah. got these guys playing decently against you know bad offenses. This is another offense that's kind of limited in terms of recent track record of success. Now they have a higher level of athlete than like a Pitt or a Wake or a Duke does. So, you know, but do you try to light them up or do you try to drop eight? No, I I, I use the. Uh... The strength of the defensive line that I have, some of the guys that I referenced, in addition to Jared Burse, I think you can get creative with some of the numbers that you throw out there, uh, use Deloach accordingly, and make them make them try to uh, to throw the ball on you and just see what what they have and and how effective you can be at stopping the run and make them do something that they don't feel real comfortable doing. Uh, Something that you and I felt comfortable doing and something that you and I do what we do uh, when we go to Tallahassee is go to Madison Social, go to uh, all of the properties, whether it be walk across the street there to Township, go up to Charlie Park. Uh, I will point out, bud, that Madison Social and a couple other uh, local spots have the Battles in Tequila on hand. So it was uh, something that we, we had a bottle or two of for the LSU game, and I think we're starting to make it to market officially here. Uh, our good friends at Madison Social are one of the first people that participate in that. So if you're around, I think Matt's doing some kind of promo of, uh, you know, tequila shots uh, before the game or something like that. Uh, that would be particularly beneficial to the Battles Inn. But every bottle of Battles Inn tequila that is uh, sold is beneficial for the uh, the Battles Inn moving forward. And uh, big thanks to Madison Social, Matt Thompson, and uh, the team over there for leaning into uh to it and i look forward to tasting a little bit of the nectar on saturday as well so uh charlieparkrooftop.com is the website if you're looking for charlie park and reservations uh but whether it be that or any other of the for the table restaurant groups options you know that you can walk in there confidence and have a fantastic time and uh i do believe that bud and i might even get to do a little bit of that on this weekend so might, might have to man uh, shot plays and shots. Let's do it. Um, I, 
I also don't know how good Miami's blitz pickup is. I, I know this sounds crazy. And, and dropping everybody because of what Van Dyke has shown so far, uh, he doesn't seem to see it. I, I know guys who have played Miami, and they think the same thing. Mm. Like he's just a half count late on these throws. He doesn't seem to see it. He's had a little higher miss rate than normal, too. Like Normally, if he sees it, you're dead because the arm's really good. And the accuracy when he knows where to go with the ball is good. But I, if I'm Mike, what I don't want to have happen here is an eight-possession game or a nine-possession game. I want to play 12, 13, 14 possessions. I want the chalk more. Like I, I want my offense to have more at-bats. I don't want Miami's defense to play 50 snaps. I want them to play 75 or 80, right? And from that standpoint, like Miami is going to play slow as hell, I think, because that is what they've been doing more recently. There was a little tempo at times earlier in the year against against uh, Texas A&M, but they've kind of gotten away from that. Man, I do think there's an argument. If you want to play tempo on offense, be real aggressive on defense too and just have the understanding that like, whose comfort zone is playing a 24-17 to 17 game? That's Miami's comfort zone. Mm-hmm. your comfort zone is saying, hey, we're about to kick it to here, right? We're trying to score something that's going to start with a 30 or a three or maybe a, a four, right? Or a high two. Can you get there? Can you meet us there and go play on that level? Like, I, If Fuller tries to light these guys up and blitz a lot, I know that is not what other teams have done successfully recently. However, it is what you have been doing successfully recently. You've been playing more aggressive with your corners. You have increased the blitz rate. If that's what you're comfortable doing, I'm actually okay with that, right? Because it's going to – Miami's not going to go on on 12-play drives against that. They might have a couple long ones, but they also won't – like, you'll get the ball back. Um, I don't know. I, I just – I'm kind of anticipating what fans will say, like, why aren't we dropping eight constantly type of thing. And I – you got to do what oh, you right. do. You're right. You got to be comfortable in in doing what you're doing, and and this team has seemed to uh, find some success doing that. But uh, you know, you can do different things. You can, well, yeah. We'll just see. We'll see. I, I think I'm excited to see what. I think there's probably a couple of wrinkles uh, that we haven't seen just because that's what happens for games like these. And if you're Florida State, you're fortunate. You got a bunch of uh, really good defenders. I think you can come up with a couple packages that uh, that you can put some pressure on. Miami in a in a multitude of ways. So, um, yeah, um, I think I, you just can't. I, in my opinion, whatever you do, you just can't help them. You know, like you've got to make them earn it. You can't. This is this is a pretty limited offense. So, regardless of whether it's uh, you know whether whether you press or whether you drop, uh, you just want to make Miami earn what they get. You don't want to gift them. It's not a team that's going to get into the threes unless you help them in ways that we all sit here and, uh, you know, uh, put our palms on our foreheads and and wonder how the hell stuff like that happened. So, yeah, avoid the face palms, make them earn it. I think you leave the stadium with a win. Completely agree there. Uh, I mean, I, I think you need to be holding Miami to something in the teens or the very low 20s. You know, if they're scoring 28 or 27 like that, that's a real failure to me. Uh, they, they, they should score something in the teens or low 20s, uh, at, at, at least in my opinion. 
you know, if you hold them to single digits, that's a that's a great effort. Um, yards per play wise, I just think you need to hold them, you know, under five, basically, right? That that seems seems kind of reasonable to me. Yeah, it was in the mid to low fours, in my opinion, four three, four four, something like that. It's it's Miami. They're gonna hit one. Something's gonna yeah. happen where you just go, ah, oh, I just scored on a seventy nine yard screenplay or something like that. Um, but for the most part, I think you can you can grind this team down. And uh, they uh, there was a Twitter graphic about the number of plays at Miami, the number of players that have played 400 and 500 snaps for Miami. It's significant. I mean, just go look at it. It's where a lot of my repetitive talk about, I wonder how fresh this team is. I wonder where they are from a health standpoint. Uh, I know that these guys, in people's opinion, are just like 19-year-old gladiators or whatever. Like, dude, you, this is a tough-ass sport, man. You you do get ground in into much. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see. Love where Florida State is, and um, we'll move into predictions here in a, in a second. But uh, kind of disturbingly confident about this one. So we'll see. I uh, I also want to point out something. Okay, so and I said this on Cover Three yesterday. So. We can acknowledge that Mario is one of the worst game day coaches in the ACC. And Mike is one of the best. I think like there's not a lot of guys who I think do a better job on game day than Norvell. I, I think other coaches in the league would tell you that. Mario has had some major gaffes this year and throughout his career. That That doesn't mean that Miami loses every single time because of some colossal blunder by the head coach. It's sort of like, you know, worth maybe a loss every other year or something like that for them, but it's painful when it does, you know? So I, I don't want people to like, the coaching advantage is so big that you no, it, it's not like Florida State's not a lock to win this game. I think that they will win the game, uh, but there are scenarios in which they don't. Miami does have players on your level, and you play a lot of games in the ACC where just athletically the, the team just can't get to where you where you are. Um, this isn't one of those. There's so, like the variance here is freaking huge, man. Because I don't know what Ben Dyke's going to show up. Is it is it likely that he comes out and plays a game of his life? No. Is it possible? I guess we can't totally write it off mm -hmm. uh, potentially. So, <laughs> um, you want to go? Uh, you want to go predictions, man? I'm, I'm I will go predictions. I will uh, mention our friends at Congruity before I do. Matt Lewis and his team were fantastic. Great to continue to see inquiries come in about working with Matt, uh, somebody that we uh, are proud to have worked with uh, on our own Elliot and Smith adventure here for about three years or so. I've worked with Matt um, at three different stops now. Love him. Love his company. Level of service is incredible. Um, just Great people, congruityhr.com, congruityhr.com backslash Knowles. Uh, also saw a couple of things about like the battles in tequila and stuff like that. I do think we'll have that available for retail purchase uh, within a couple of weeks. We'll also have a broad assortment of items that if you want to, uh, you know, go Christmas shopping for things Florida State related and Florida State player autographs, stuff like that. Would ask that you keep the battles end in mind. We'll get uh, stuff that's high quality. You'll get a certificate of authenticity and you will be supporting the cause that you are likely to be passionate about if you're watching or listening to this podcast 41 minutes and 50 seconds into it. So 
but we'll move to the uh, predictions. Where are you as we move closer to Saturday? I'm going to go uh, four State 34, Miami 17. Okay. 28-13. There you go. Like it. I like it. That is uh, as a that like that's not going to feel comfortable, but it will feel good. Not going to feel comfortable, but it will feel good walking out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, ain't no style points in rivalry games. So you coming up for this one just to confirm? I am. I get asked a lot of questions on game day, but probably where's Bud is like number four on the list. It's a popular <laughs> one. It's popular. So. Glad that you'll be around, man. That'll be fun. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Load up the Covercraft. Let's. Uh... <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it, man. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks as always for joining. Uh, Five hundred listeners here at one point on a podcast that I don't think was scheduled, and uh, appreciate the support that we have received ever since we started doing this and have evolved slightly from two guys on their cell phones to one guy at home in a professional studio and one guy who kind of lives in a hotel half the year. So uh, we'll be back with a instant reaction podcast. Might even, might even be a, 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 a duel uh, being that we'll both be in the same spot. We'll see. Look at that. See if, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if conditions allow and uh, look forward to it. So, Thank you for listening to the Nullcast. Thank you for watching the Nullcast. Hit like, give us a five-star review, whatever you have the time to do. Much appreciated. And we'll be back on Saturday to talk with you again. See y'all.